Hey guys, this is Brad and Mike from Dalski. Hey, hey, we're live. Yeah, we are. I just got this little notification. Apparently, we're we're on the interwebs. We are. We are. It's oh. kind of crazy how that works, actually. Yeah. So, um, like, do I leave this on or do I turn? What, what oh, am I doing? You, you, you can stop it. Okay. Yep. Yeah, actually, um, I just realized I forgot to do one thing. So, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody why we're here, Mike? Um. Okay. Well, for, uh, what am I supposed to do with my hands? Uh, things and stuff. Okay. Um, so, uh, uh, what are we talking about? Oh, yes. So, uh, hi everybody again. So sorry. It's a little early. I am only halfway through my first jumbo size cup of coffee. So I'm not totally awake. Uh, but we're talking about spoilers today. More importantly, we're talking about spoiler culture. We're talking about why spoiler culture sucks. Um, we're talking about the fact that like, there are all these big movies coming up that me and Brad are super excited for, and a lot of people out there in the universe are super excited for. And like the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer dropped this past week, and Brad and I immediately looked at each other, we're like, that trailer was pretty cool, um, but I feel like it gave way too much away. Yeah, yeah, so the whole thing that we have a problem with is Spoiler culture has always been a thing, at least as long as the 24-hour news cycle hit the um, entertainment industry. Yep. Like it, It's been a problem, but we've accepted it as just a thing that happens, and if you don't want to see it, you have to actively avoid it. The problem we're now seeing is the next step in the evolution of spoiler culture with cinematic universes, where if you have uh, a cinematic universe based on a comic book, if you are the comic book fan, you can go in and you can be reading the comics and you never have to worry about them telling you what the next storyline is gonna be before they get there because it just isn't what they do. But now, uh, if you are a fan of comic book movies um, and the only context you have is the movies, not the comic books, you can have the stories spoiled for you when you have two movies coming out pretty close together like we have for Spider-Man and the next Avengers and Captain Marvel and you have the trailer for one that comes after the next one already coming out telling you the things that are happening in universe after the movie that you're waiting to see first. Well I mean I think we can funny to be talking about spoilers and then I almost want to say can we go into spoilers <laughs> <laughs> so we, we will actually get into spoilers a, a little bit well just to preface uh, what Brad's talking about I, I won't say it but anybody that knows I mean if anybody out there still hasn't seen Infinity War what are you doing with your life yeah um, but there are certain characters that maybe didn't make it to the end of credits of uh, Avengers Infinity War that are in the trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home. And uh, Kevin Feige and what's her name? Uh, Sony's executive, Amy. Oh, uh, uh, look, look that up while I'm talking, please. Uh, thank you, sweetie. Mm. Um, but they've both already come out and said that Far From Home takes place after um, Endgame. It, they, they, they didn't say the, uh, they didn't say the title when they made that statement because they were still trying to keep it. Amy Pascal. Thank you. Amy Pascal. Yeah. Um, they, her and Feige have both come out and said that it takes place mere minutes after the events of Endgame. 
Yeah, which by the way, if you see any news outlets that are trying to say, well, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home is actually before Avengers Infinity War, um, that that's just not correct. Unless Kevin Feige lied to us. And Which I don't believe he would ever lie. He could, for the sake of oh, uh, technicalities, if time travel's involved, if this, if whatever. But the fact is, it's not. That, that, that's that's not what's happening here. And uh, yeah. Wait, are we sure time travel isn't involved? Well, whether it is or isn't, that doesn't change when this falls in the timeline. Ah, fair, 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 fair. Okay. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, like the trailer was good, but there was stuff. Like, like I said, it was kind of one of those, really, again? Yes. Something else just on me. Technical difficulties getting used to this whole streaming thing. Keep going. I don't like you right now. Keep going. Um, but so with the trailer, there were, like we said, there were characters that didn't make it to the end of Infinity War that were in the trailer. Uh, on top of that, we kind of got this whole fun-loving vibe of like, oh, we're going to be going to Europe for the summer and it's going to be super lighthearted and everything like that. And knowing what happened in the previous movie, you're kind of like, well, that's great, but how are we going to tackle that? Yeah. Unless it never happened because of wibbly wobbly timey wimey, as you always say. <laughs> but then it becomes even more speculation and it's kind of one of those, I almost wish they would have waited until yeah, I, I almost wish the first time I saw that trailer was when I was in the theater watching it again. And so that's that's really where the problem comes in here. Um, I mean, it's easier to happen when you have two studios that are trying to vie for power in this dynamic of Sony wants the power over Spider-Man because they own Spider-Man, but Marvel wants the power over Spider-Man because he's now part of the MCU. And so, both studios are trying to assert their dominance, and Sony chose to do that by putting out the trailer for Spider-Man now, yeah. rather than waiting like they could have and should have if they had been listening to Marvel. Um, and that, I mean, I know when I was growing up, I didn't really think that this was ever gonna be a conversation that we had to have no about the problem of potential spoilers when you have a cinematic universe that you have multiple movies going on that are no longer completely siloed no. and interconnect so much that even a teaser trailer for one could spoil events for another. Yeah. Like that's not something that I ever thought was going to happen, but now that's actually something we have to worry about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, uh, with the trailer, we saw a lot of big points. We saw, we saw what looked like the main villains are going to be. So, and that's the other thing. But like, they that, talk, uh, we talking about villains. They didn't even make one of the obvious villains look like he was a villain. That's because everything that I've read is that he doesn't start out as a villain. Which I figure that's what it was. They also made him look like he's. Uh, so what we're doing? We're, we're talking about Jake Gyllenhaal's character of I'm Mysterio. So I'm so excited for that. <laughs> Having Gyllenhaal brought into uh, a comic book movie, period, let alone into Spider-Man, is fantastic, and that's honestly something that I think we both were interested in seeing even back when the debate about uh, Tobey Maguire versus Jake Gyllenhaal, who was going to be the original Spider-Man, came up. 
Um, Remember, and then when Toby screwed his back up doing Seabiscuit, they were gonna bring Gyllenhaal in to do Spider-Man 2. Which would have been interesting, because, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal has been uh, circling around this franchise since the very beginning. He's also been circling around the genre. Yeah. And like, and he's always been kind of, I don't want to say he's been super artsy-fartsy, but he'll do those kind of oh, no, out he, there he admits movies. that he yeah. does a lot more art house indie stuff than uh, the big blockbusters. Right. Uh, he's admitted it. I mean, he and his sister are both very into yeah, that side Maggie, of say, Maggie, cinema, uh, cinematography. I was shocked as hell when Maggie was in The Dark Knight. Right. So um, I was like, really? Okay. Um, <laughs> but I mean, only The Dark Knight. Because if you still haven't seen The Dark Knight, what are you doing? Uh, but she doesn't make it past the end of the movie. Probably about what, three fourths? Yeah, two-thirds. Yeah, something like that. Two-thirds, three-quarters, yeah. yeah. Um, but when they first announced that he was even going to be in the film, it was like, oh, who's he playing? And then set photos started to leak of him in the Mysterio costume. Yeah. And first of all, it was, oh, shit, we're finally getting Mysterio. And then it's, oh, Jake Gyllenhaal's playing him. Like, what? It's going to be amazing. And then we finally get to see him at the end of the trailer, which was cool. Um, but, yeah. It, it, there are so many difference. times There are so many times that I've said this. <laughs> and there are several. There was a couple spots in the trailer where I was like, I wish the first time I was seeing that scene yeah. was in the theater while I was watching the movie, not in a trailer, like, three or four or five months ahead of time. Yeah, and so... That's what this kind of comes down to. Um, while we like what they're showing us the movie right now, we genuinely are loving and looking forward to this because or, the first one was fantastic. The second one looks like it's going to be picking up steam even more than the yeah. first one had. Um, it is a problem that we're dealing with now. Uh, not just for cinematic universes, but for nerdy movies in particular where studios are having so much pressure put on them by fans to want to know everything even before the movie's out that because people can't be patient that trailers are dropping you know five six nine months before the movie is actually out which one puts a severe strain on the production process because now they're either going to start trying to film for the trailer or they're going to be including stuff exclusively for the trailer that's not actually going to be in the movie and that doesn't really give you a, a, a realistic idea about what you should be expecting all because they need to get a trailer out now yeah. and the other uh, big issue is that it's it's putting studios in a position where if they don't put enough of what the overall movie has into the trailer, fans are getting mad. And, well, okay, some, some fans are getting mad. We, we really need to emphasize the some on this one because a lot of fans are actually as frustrated as we are with knowing exactly what the movie is going to be showing us before we walk into that theater for the first time. Yeah, like there, there are so many trailers where it's like, oh, just watch the movie in basically three minutes. Yeah. Two and a half minutes. That's awesome. Like, there have actually been movies uh, that have been nerdy or nerdy adjacent that I've watched the trailer, gone in to see the movie, walked out, 
and felt completely let down by the movie because I literally knew beat for beat what was going to be happening in that movie because of the damn trailers. Yep. And keep in mind, this isn't like, this wasn't me watching every single trailer, every single TV spot, everything that was out there because so much is put out now. This was one trailer. Movies I saw one trailer for and knew everything that was going to happen in the movie. Like down to the big plot twist at the end. That's not what you want. What movie? Um, uh, so one of the worst offenders was actually uh, some like spy movie that uh, I think Richard Gere was in back in like the late 2000s. Mm. And then um, there, there have been a couple others where you're just left uh, going, okay, maybe I don't know the exact twist, but I can put the pieces together in a suit. Yeah. And this is not happening. Like, I don't want that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, it, you, we can blame a lot of things. We can blame the fans all we want. We can even blame that oh, I will blame. aggressive minority of the fans who make fandoms bad and toxic for the rest of us. I will blame those people because those are the same assholes. Pardon my French. No, they're assholes. Screw yeah, it. Yeah. Um, that post stuff on social media that do like reviews and like comments on like Facebook threads and stuff like purposefully putting spoilers in. Yeah, but like those kind of people just there's a special circle in hell for those kind of people. But even then, we still need to put the blame mostly where it belongs, which is the studio that put the content out in the first place. Right. Because if the content wasn't out there to begin with, nobody could be sharing on social media. Nobody could be going out and trying to theorize and uh, converse about details and eventually get to right. all the fine points before the movie came out. If the studios held back enough information, that couldn't happen. Well, and I get it. They have to sell a movie. Like, I get that. And and, but, Kevin, and Kevin Smith has talked about it on his podcast before where it's like, yeah. they have to put certain things in the trailers because of test audiences and because of marketing and because of this <sighs> and that. Screw test audiences. I agree. Honestly, and that's the biggest problem uh, where I need to, I never thought I would say this because I disagreed with his statement originally, uh, but I kind of have to agree with Simon Pegg where he said that uh, nerdy movies are infantilizing their audience. And he was saying it in regard to the idea that every movie needs to be nerdy based uh, these days and real sophisticated movies couldn't be seen as proper contenders in this movie market. Yeah. But I see it as an accurate statement in that the studios see the audience as a bunch of infants that cannot take uh, an adult approach or adult approach to these movies and take their time. They, uh, they think that we can't handle a vague trailer and be able to infer that it's going to be exciting. We can't take a trailer that doesn't give us everything spoon fed to us as we're going and still want to see the movie yeah. and that as a viewer that insults me because i can appreciate a movie and understand what a movie might be could be uh whatever without needing to see everything in the trailer i don't even need to see like a new article every other day or in some cases 
five times a day trying to tell me yep. what everybody assumes is going to be in this movie. Uh, 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 we got a, we think we got a new spoiler for this movie. I don't need that five times a day, 10 times a day. Just give me a good trailer, make it exciting, but don't tell me that much. I'm still going to see it. And most people will too, especially if it's for a pre-existing franchise mm -hmm. that you already have fans for. You can trust that people get the idea at this point. Well, like, Even if they've never seen, like, if they've never seen a Spider-Man movie, if they've never seen a Batman movie, the public consciousness understands the concept of those movies enough that we don't need to see the point-for-point -point ideas of the movie in the trailer. Show us freaking Spider-Man. Show us Batman. Give us the picture of what the movie's gonna look like, like and, and stop. It's, they're overselling the movies Yeah, at this point. You're not putting, it used to be that a trailer would drop or you would get, you know, you would get, I guess, news, I don't want to say leaks, but you would get yeah. news articles and that kind of stuff that would, that would just pique your interest, that would just give you enough that like, okay, I really have to see this movie. Nowadays, it's like, oh, we've got to sell it and 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 we've got to sell it because we've got to make a return on our investment because we've got to start our own franchise with this movie and we've got to do this and we've got to do that. <laughs> And like it's it's becoming it's I mean it's overkill to the millionth degree. Well, the repercussions are even bigger than just trailers. It is we're seeing the repercussions in the places of the movies that are coming out now, like with the DCEU, where Warner Brothers saw what Marvel had done, assumed that the only way anybody would be interested in the DC heroes would be to be spoon-fed the heroes. And instead of just giving us very leading trailers for each superhero's movie, they gave us a movie that spoon-fed us in very quick succession um, every superhero that was gonna be in the franchise, every detail they could cram in about each character, yeah. each superhero, and made it a massive spoiler for the franchise. It wasn't necessarily a spoiler for the characters, it was a spoiler for the franchise because they were going after something they didn't earn in order to try to give the fans what they thought they wanted, which they thought was too much information. Yeah. And so it's even diluting the movies themselves to a certain extent, and that is disappointing. What's that old saying, too much of a good thing? can be bad. Yeah. Is a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, however the hell the saying goes. But that's, I mean, that's, it's exactly what we're seeing right now. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked about it before. Superhero movies are not a single genre anymore. It used to be superhero and comic book movies were their own genre. And so it was possible to have too many superhero movies. It was possible to have too many comic book movies. Now, because they've crossed so many genre borders, to uh, redefine what a comic book movie is. Um, it's not possible to have too many comic book movies yeah. anymore. Not really. Yeah. If they're done right and they're not treated like comic book movies of like 2000s comic book movies, if they're treated like today's comic book movies, yeah. it's possible to not have too many. So but Shyamalan you need to be able to treat them movie. like the audience is a bunch of adults yeah. and they can handle complexity. They can handle uh, big 
themes and you know, broad artistic strokes. Just as long as Zack Snyder's not doing it. He doesn't understand the concept of complexity and broad artistic strokes. No. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, it, it is now possible to have a movie based on a big conflict event that is not out yet, like Avengers Endgame, and then have trailers for the movies coming after that big event tell us what happens no. so that we can already start assuming these are the characters that make it past the event, these are the ramifications of the event, even if they are trying to hold back as much of that detail as possible, right. you can still infer a lot from a little uh, if you're seeing too far into the future. Well, which, hell, it's a like you don't you don't get um, like we, we were talking the other day when Civil War Two was happening in the, the Marvel comics. Uh, you weren't getting spoilers or even just general previews of Secret Empire before uh, although, Civil War was over. Although, you got hints that something was coming, right. but you were never told. This is what's gonna happen. I was about to say, you weren't even told the name of what the next storyline was gonna be. You just knew something was happening, but you had to go through the event of Civil War II to get to that point. Well, I will say that they did drop a nice little teaser in one, I can't remember what issue of Civil War II it was, but they actually teased yeah. what was coming up. That was uh, that was actually wasn't that in one of the side stories? No, it was that in the main story. I thought, it, I thought it was in one of the side stories instead no, of the main story. No, so the whole, I can tell you what it was. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point everybody should know or is gonna find out soon enough. Yeah, plus, I mean, there's enough media outrage uh, when it happened. I was anyway. everybody hated Civil War II anyway. Well, no, like the, when Secret Empire started, even uh, like the major news networks. Oh, I mean, we're past Secret Empire, Empire. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it was one of the things that set off Civil War II was the whole concept of Civil War II was is that there was a there was a human that could basically. Basically, minority reported. He would see, see the future. Yeah. So, um, but one of the things he saw was Spider-Man standing over uh, Captain America's dead body. Right. Yeah. But in the background, it was uh, it was at the steps of the it was at the steps of I believe Capitol Hill, if I remember. Right. Yeah, it was the Capitol building. Um, there was a Hydra flag flying in the background, mm. and you had to look real close to see it. Yeah. And a lot of so, people missed that. Yep. Oh, yeah. a lot of people missed it, and that, I think it was. I think it was Brian Michael Bendis that did Civil War II. Yeah. He was like, yeah, no, he's like, if you go back and look, like we had already planted the seed right there in front of everybody and nobody noticed it. Yeah, no, like, it was crazy. Stuff like that is cool where you just kind of start sprinkling out uh, what's to come, not necessarily like, here it is, here it is, there it is right there, there it is, yeah. do you see it? Do you see it? I'm gonna hit you in the face with it some more, do you see it? Like that's the part where it's getting, like a perfect example, we just, we just got the trailer for Endgame five months before the movie came out. We didn't we did it that early. <laughs> I'm okay with it that early because we didn't see anything in it. Yeah. We didn't even know the title of the damn movie until less than less than half a year before the movie comes out. Yeah. Like that is playing the long game on the most epic of levels. Well, I mean, you want to talk about uh, playing the long game. There are certain directors that have been involved in nerdy movies that understand the need to push back against this what the studio wants in order to play the long game for the fans even in spite of the fans 
Um, J.J. Abrams. Crazy say what you will about uh, his directing style. It's amazing. You're wrong. It, he is a man that understands that trailers for his movies yep. need to include this mm-hmm. and stop this. here. His movies, his trailers will consistently, well, sorry, when he has control over his trailers, yeah. they consistently stop at or before the third act so that you only get maybe stuff from the first half of the movie and we got maybe some... maybe a scene in act three I was about to say, and call it that. I was about to say for, for Force Awakens, we got a couple of small things. Yeah. But that was to build up the hype, like Finn with his lightsaber fighting yep. Kylo. Yep. But and it was that, literally it was... just a flash of Kylo breaking it out and doing the fucking spin throw. And I was like, oh! Yeah. Uh, I mean, and then you have uh, Chris Nolan that, I mean, you want to talk about a man that understands how to just tease the hell out of his audience by not telling you a damn thing about his movies. Yep. <laughs> He's the king of trailers. Like, even... I'll go so far as to say, even in his most popular movie franchise of the Dark Knight trilogy, when Dark Knight Rises trailer came out, every TV spot, every major uh, trailer, every major bit of publicity that came out for it, when he was in control of it, because, you know, that last month before the movie came out, all bets were off. But up until then, as long as he was able to have control over it, he showed you nothing from the final act. He showed you nothing about what you should know about the movie beyond the fact that Batman's in there, Bane is in there, Catwoman is in there. That's it. Things are happening. There's an explosion. Uh, there are several explosions. The city goes to hell. Figure it out from there. And that, that like, even the first. He had everybody looking at that going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is this. The Big Bang storyline is this. Uh, well, everybody, everybody be, thought. Everybody thought going in it was Nightfall. The entire thing was going to be Nightfall, and then like when well, you I heard it, some people uh, talking about uh, that they thought it was going to be an abbreviated version of uh, No Man's Land. No, see, I, nobody that I talked to thought that. Everybody uh, thought it was going to be Nightfall, and then you get through it, and it's the bridges start blowing. And you're like, oh shit, it is No Man's Land. But even then. It wasn't really No Man's Land. Right. It was a, yeah, it was a... Like, even if you want to say, oh, it's an abbreviated version, it wasn't really. Uh, he took it was inspired el- by He it. took elements right. of uh, Nightfall. He took elements of No Man's Land. He took elements of uh, several stories and pulled it together for a big epic. Kind of like with The Dark Knight, he did The Man Who Laughs. And yeah. he did uh, The Long Halloween. And he kind of took and it elements was, from it. And- it was fantastic. Yeah. Because he understood what he was doing. Even the first trailer for The Dark Knight, it was a, I remember it was a teaser yeah. that just showed the Batman symbol and it showed, uh, it didn't even show anything. It showed the Batman symbol and it was Alfred and Bruce talking. Ooh. And then you hear the Joker start doing his, you know, starting tonight people will die. And then the yeah. bat symbol starts breaking off and the Joker card. And that was it. Yeah. You, you that didn't was, that was, see that was the a Joker. full year before the movie even came out, but they had start, he had started to plant the stuff. And then December the year before, so about seven months before we finally got the first trailer. And it was literally like two and a half minutes of just pure insane. He did drop some stuff, but it was in the context of like, holy shit, there's a lot going on. I can't wait to see this movie. Yeah. And it wasn't big plot points. It wasn't 
Like it, we, <laughs> it, it took a minute and a half, I think, or a minute into the trailer to even see the Joker for the first time. And the thing is, these movies were all done before today's hype around comic book movies. Man. So Christopher Nolan was still allowed to have more control than the studio yeah. in terms of the marketing, well, in even, terms of publicity, and yeah. it worked out well. By the time Dark Knight Rises came around, it was already becoming clear that he was going to have a harder time doing it. Yeah. He pushed, and it was very obvious from the marketing that came out when he lost control of that battle, yeah. but he still had control at the start. Today. But you don't get a lot of directors that get that anymore. Unless their own production company is doing the movie and they're executive producing. But, but like even with, then... With Abrams, like with Force Awakens. It's not the same thing. We got two teasers, and then we got an actual trailer, like an actual full-length, two-and-a-half-minute trailer four months, five months before the movie came out. And I think that was it. Then you turn around and look at every other Star Wars movie that's come out since The Force Awakens, yeah. and Disney has thrown out everything and the kitchen sink and the marketing material. So if you actually watched every trailer going into the movies, whether you're talking uh, The Last Jedi, Rogue One, I didn't or think it was Solo, that bad for the last Jedi. you saw almost everything. I didn't think it was that bad for The Last Jedi. You saw the for final Solo. battle in uh, the trailers for Last Jedi. There should have been at most- No, you didn't see, you didn't see Luke with his lightsaber and Kylo in The Last Jedi trailer. Mm, no, you did see uh, the throne room. You should never. You saw, well, you saw you saw the aftermath of the throne room. No, you shouldn't have. Uh, so see, if, yeah, if they were going to show the throne room uh, scene in the trailers, the most they should have done was show the very beginning of it and stop. They should have never shown the aftermath. They should have never shown. No, I. They they did show the lead up to the final battle down on uh, the planet. Yeah. And they shouldn't even even show that. I mean, I do like, have to all say all of that, like everything from the halfway point of the throne room fight to the end of the movie should never have been shown in the trailers. No, Period. I kind of, I, I really liked how that trailer ended where she's like, I need somebody to show me my place and all of this. And then it's just him reaching out and then it cut to the title and you're like, wait, what? What's going to happen? What? Holy crap. What? The, the, I like, like that. that. That was fine, but they just, they shouldn't have shown anything after, the, uh, like maybe the halfway point at most from the throne room. Yeah. It just, it shouldn't have happened. Well, and it's also, and it also comes kind of down to, I don't want to say the archetype, but there is kind of a blueprint that it seems like a lot of directors are using now in terms of like how they lay trailers out. It's not even the uh, directors anymore, it's oh, the studios. studios. Yeah. And that's how they're able to keep the, uh, the same blueprint to it because it's the studio dictating terms on all of them. Yeah, it's like first act, first act, second act, third act. Smack him. Hey, get down. down. Sorry, we, uh, oh, come on, buddy. Cats are interfering oh. with the, uh, the the live stream. Thank you, sir. Um, <laughs> but no, it is, it's it's almost like that there's a, it, like it really feels like there's a blueprint. It's like, okay, this is how we're gonna do it. This is how we're gonna cut the trip. Like it used to be where directors cut the trailers and had total control over it. You can't, you can't even say they have total control over the movie anymore. No. Like the concept of the director's cut almost feels like uh, people want director's cuts more well, now because they're getting so tired of studio interference and they want to see what the movie could have been. Well, and it's also it also depends on the director too, right? Like nobody would try to pull that crap with Spielberg or Scorsese. 
No, but at the same time, studios aren't going to try to pull that same kind of crap with those directors. Right. But you bring that's in, what I'm saying. You bring in some of the younger directors that's that haven't saying. been around making big movies for like three, four uh, decades, no. and it's not the same story. Like even like even like Abrams and Nolan aren't exactly old dudes, but like even they kind of get like. No, like, I don't want my movie to be seen through trailers before I'm ready for my audience to see <laughs> but it. But a lot of that comes from the idea that they are directors that don't see themselves exclusively as directors. They see themselves as a brand. They yeah. see themselves as somebody that, if they're going to be a director, they also need to be a producer. They need to be in control of the production company. They need yeah. to be in control of every aspect start to finish of the movie, right. which means they need to have a hand in every part of the companies involved. And so they don't see themselves just as a director, they see themselves as part of the business of cinema. Yeah. And a lot of directors don't do that because a lot of directors want the art. A lot of directors want just the experience of directing because the business of movie making is a lot. It's just like if you're an online creator these days, you can't just do video. You can't just uh, make the content. You also have to curate the content. You have to edit the content. You have to deal with social media. You have to deal with the business of content creation rather than just create the content. We don't do any of that though. <laughs> so in that, I mean, in a way, it is an evolution of all aspects of the artistic fields yeah. where you can't just be an artist anymore. You have to be in the business of art. Right. But so many artists can't do that. And so you're left with studios being able to ride, cho uh, ride shotgun over the directors, over what the actual cast in the production wants because the studio has this idea that this is the way it should be. This is what we want, therefore this is what will happen. Right. So, I, I don't know. It's it's disappointing. Well, I think it's, uh, you, you, you touched on it earlier. I think the 24 hour news cycle has really played into a lot of this. Just, oh yeah. The fact that we as fans want to eat up as much information as possible. And, you know, there was a time like even 10 years ago when The Dark Knight came out, or I guess 11 now. Um, like the, the 24 hour news cycle hadn't really fully taken over to the point where it is not now. to this level. Yeah. I mean, the 24 hour news cycle was there, but it wasn't as much on the entertainment side. No, God, no. But like it was, it was on the politics and, yeah. uh, the, the real stuff yeah. that people have to deal but with. Like now it's now like, it's everything. Now I get on Facebook and it's like comicbook.com and Nerdist have like within the last hour or two, <laughs> like posted like two different things or three different things each about like, oh, what we think is happening in Far From Home. Oh, what five things we want to see out of Endgame. Oh, Captain Marvel this. Oh, my like, guy is like slow. Like, I, I get it because you want to you want to stay relevant. You want to play the algorithms. Right. But it's at the same thing. time, like slow it down, pump the brakes. Like we're only we're only what? We're two months from Captain Marvel. We're two months from Captain Marvel. We're yeah, March. Yeah, we're two yep. months from Captain Marvel. We're four months from Endgame. Mm -hmm. Three. Three. It's April. Yeah, it is April. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's literally six. coming out the month after. Which, by the way, I still don't understand. Because I because thought Disney had learned their lesson after the, uh, the Solo debacle. Where Solo came out, what was it, a month after Avengers Infinity War? And 
what, what was it, a month, month and a half? And the problem was, even though they had a decent amount of marketing for it, um, Deadpool 2 came out around the same time as Infinity War. And so people had gone out and spent so much of their cash on going to see uh, Avengers and Deadpool 2 that when uh, Solo came out so close well, after, no, uh, a lot of people that would have gone to see it just didn't have the money to uh, see it. Because, unfortunately, well, what tickets also, are expensive uh, these days. What also killed Solo was the fact that they rewrote the script halfway through filming mm -hmm. and they brought in a different director and well, all of the bad press that was coming out of it. But people that, that have too. since gone and seen it on DVD, or sorry, Blu-ray. Um, or streaming. Yeah. We're actually like, a, dude, I, like, I walked into the theater not knowing what to expect and I came out and I was like, that was actually a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's the thing. You're not, uh, movies like that that aren't going to be the big epic things that people are trying to hype it up to be right but they're still enjoyable movies they can never live up to the hype and so plus with, with this 24-hour news cycle on entertainment yeah. um it's so easy to be able to get bad press immediately and that's what sticks in everybody's minds rather than what actually should be sticking in their minds which is it's going to be a fun movie it's gonna be enjoyable. It's it's a popcorn flick, but damn it, that's okay. Which let's be real, Disney could have dropped in Endgame whenever the hell they wanted to, and it yeah. was a massive success. Yeah, and that that's the same thing well, that I'm people, thinking about for uh, wh why the hell are they doing Captain Marvel and Endgame back to back? I mean, I know based on uh, recognition and fandom, there are gonna be a lot of people that go see both. But if they just waited until say Memorial Day weekend. They yeah, put it out at the big time. They could get a bigger crowd for both movies. But remember, because now you are prematurely cutting off long-term uh, audiences so, for Captain Marvel. No, but remember, everybody said the same thing when they said when they decided to when Disney decided to drop Winter Soldier the first weekend in April, and it ended up being the biggest April movie ever. No, it's not the it's not the month. It's the fact that if you're putting Captain Marvel and Avengers one month apart. You're now oh, saying that saying. instead of letting saying. Captain Marvel run in theaters for two, three months and then let it die off as it normally well, does, the only... you're now prematurely cutting off its lifespan at no. one month, maybe a month and a half, and get a little bit of overlap. But at some point, you're going to have people that either don't want to see Captain Marvel because they're not interested, they just want to go see Avengers, no, or it's... you're going to have people that want to see both can only afford to see one, and so they'll say, I'm gonna go see Avengers, I'll catch Captain Marvel on the release. Well, no, there's a there's a logical explanation. It's because they want people to... Whatever's gonna happen in Captain Marvel is gonna carry weight into Endgame. Yes, but that's not gonna play on a lot of the audiences. A lot of audiences yeah, are gonna yeah. see them as just another movie in the franchise. Like, I actually know people uh, that, when it comes to Marvel movies, They'll go see the Avengers, but they don't really bother going to see every one of the individual Marvel movies. No. Like they'll see like the one or two heroes that they like. Like they like. Uh, so there are a couple of people that I know that specifically like Iron Man and Captain America. So they'll see each of those movies. Well, people that like Iron Man are awful people because and, and then they'll go see uh, the Avengers, but then they won't see any of the other Marvel movies because they just don't care about the other characters and. For those people, yeah, they may never see Captain Marvel, but if you give enough time between Captain Marvel and the Avengers, and if there's just nothing else to go see in March, 
that uh, Marvel or Disney's putting out, you can get some of those to convert and go see Captain Marvel just because they want to go see something. I don't think there really is anything coming out in March and April this year. And that's the problem. If they had just waited on the Avengers, they could have taken advantage of uh, the March wasteland and gotten more people to go see Captain Marvel rather than skip it, which is probably what's going to happen to a good chunk of the audience that could see it, but want to see the Avengers more. Yeah, because you got Captain Marvel at the beginning. You have a March 8th. Hmm? You got a lot of indie movies. You got Dumbo. Oh, uh, that's me. Never mind. Yeah, like, no, you're Mar March 29th. Oh, March. Okay. You got Shazam in April. Ah, uh, that's right. And that's... So now you're, you're having the same Avengers Deadpool 2. You've got Hellboy in April. Once again, now you're having the Avengers uh, Deadpool 2 uh, problem where you're going to have, what, four comic book movies now uh, happening back to back to back to back from different studios and people are going to want to see each one of them. You're not giving them enough time to be able to save up to go to the, uh, the movies to go see it. So they're going to have to make decisions. Yeah, but so chances now are they're all going to suffer. Yeah, but I think chances are you're going to you're going to you're going to head your bet on the fact that your Marvel you put out quality stuff in Marvel's going to get more of them. Right. But that also means that Hellboy is going to suffer because Hellboy is definitely a very hard third party uh, yeah. movie well, to get more yeah. people in. Uh, and then you're gonna have, um, uh, what was the other one? Shazam. Shazam, that you're gonna have uh, all the DC fanboys go see, but anybody that likes both franchises, that's gonna be a one that may suffer more because if you're a Marvel and DC fan, you're gonna be banking on Marvel's the more consistent view. So you're gonna spend the money to go to theaters for the Marvel ones and wait to see Shazam instead of giving Warner Brothers a chance to redeem themselves, which they potentially could with that I'll movie. See I'll see both. I saw them in Aquaman. I heard great. And that's that's you, though. I, yeah, but I, I'm the only person that matters, though. Haven't you figured this out yet? Okay. But yeah, so if the biggest issue with these nerdy movies when it comes to release dates is the same issue that you have with politics. It's that rather than look, uh, rather than both sides of the argument looking at it, trying to make the best for the industry, they're trying to make the best for their studio yeah. and screw over the other uh, competition. Yeah. Rather than appreciate the fact that if they all work together and they spread their movie releases out a little better, yeah. all nerdy movies could consistently make bank every single time because the studios are choosing to agree to minimize competition with each other in order to get the most money out of the consumer, which should be the capitalistic ideal. And yet they're letting themselves hurt themselves by hurting the industry. And in yeah. turn, that comes back to, uh, well, if they want to win the competition because their movie's coming out at the same time as this studio's movie and this studio's movie, yeah. they need to be the ones to release more information before the movie comes out. They're the one that needs to be able to put up more spoilers. And that hurts us. Yeah. So yeah. in the end, we're screwed because the studios won't work together and play nice. Yeah. Oh well. That is life. Just stop giving us so much DM content. <sighs> what are you going to do? 
So, uh, how long have we even been going at this point? Like? 45 minutes. That's not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. Um, I think it might be a good point to wrap it. Do we have any other thoughts on Spider-Man that we even want to throw out? Not really. I mean, there are other things that we could talk about. I mean, about. There, there are theories as to what the actual plot's going to be, who the actual villain is going to be, whether or not Mysterio is going to be a good guy or if he's... Yeah. I mean, he looked... The way that they were showing his special effects made him look very Doctor Strange-esque, that it looks like he's using magic instead of illusions. Or it could be magical delusion. I don't know, but it looks like he's magic based this time around, which I don't personally have a problem with. I think it's going to be an interesting take on. Or could it be that you know, a, a theory that I saw is really good is is are the elementals really there? Ooh, true. Which because what would is, mean that he would be trying to look like the hero by fabricating villains to fight. Exactly. That would be interesting. Because and that would definitely he is he is Mysterio after all. That would definitely play in his favor uh, of trying to be the good guy, but not knowing how to do it properly. Yep. Uh, but then that could still come back to he they're making him, uh, him magical based this time rather than technology illusions based. Well, you could you could still make him technology based. Maybe I, I think it'll be harder to uh, accomplish the way that they're showing it unless they're going to go that far in the direction of technology can show that much, which could be, I mean, I mean, in the Marvel universe, look at what they've shown us technology can do. Sure. Um, I mean, there are other things that we can talk about for uh, the whole spoiler culture in general and the adjacent topics of like, you know, (laughs) directors or uh, movie creators continuing to talk about uh, story points that weren't in the movie try to add to it that potentially spoil the franchise or make the franchise more convoluted than it needs to be. But honestly, I think that's more of a different topic of conversation for uh, another stream. Agreed. Um, Because then we can get into uh, the Harry Potter bashing. Then we can get get into, uh, you know, the the topic of JK, uh, the one thing that JK Rowling and Zack Snyder have in common. They can't stop talking about the freaking movies after it came out and adding to it. Yeah. Uh, Maybe you should have looked at it in this light. Maybe you should have presented it in that light. Yeah. Or if you want to add more story elements to the backstory of this character, or if you want to add more context to the world, that's fine. But maybe, you know, make that into another creation make that either a book or a comic or another movie or something that you can just show rather than keep telling through tweets i mean i don't have a problem with jk rowling wanting to keep adding on to the harry potter universe but at some point you have to have the conversation about the same thing that you had to have with george lucas and star wars which is where is that line between when a creation belongs to the creator and when does it become uh, ownership of the fandom. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely something that we can talk about at, you know, like I said, uh, another stream, uh, another thing, because that there's a lot that we can dive oh, into for that. Yes. Because there's I have lots of opinions on that. There are a lot of things that have happened over the last few years, a lot of additional creators that have contributed to this problem. And in fact, that could be a fun thing, topic for our next stream for February. So, 
Yeah, and by sure. February, uh, we'll have this whole streaming thing hopefully down pat and won't have the uh, the, the, the initial setup uh, faux pas. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> if I was a betting man, I wouldn't bet on us. Well, you know. But with that, um, are there any final notes that you want to leave our audience with? Um, yeah, be patient. Please. Don't try to take in too much information. Let's... Part of why this is such a problem is because we are feeding into it. And by part of, I mean, it's probably like 50% of what that's, it's a problem. Yeah. Um, is uh, the need to try to get information ahead of time. Then like we get it. I'm excited for the, uh, I'm excited for all the movies that are coming out this year. He's excited. Yeah. Y'all are excited. You all, y'all, whatever. Well, this is Texas. Texas, y'all. <laughs> um, and we get it, but let it come when it's supposed to come. Yeah. Don't go out. Don't seek too much information. Don't read the, the the fan sites or the the news sites trying to spoil the movie for you. Like I, the one thing that I hate the most is seeing a great scene in a trailer and just like I said earlier today, just being like, damn, I really wish the first time I saw that was in the theater while I was watching the movie. Yep. Because then part because because movies they're not. They're not just movies, they're an experience. Yeah, and I think that's been lost in yes, uh, this, yes. this culture of, I need to know now. Yep. Uh, the experience of the movies has been lost. And some people are gonna chalk that up to, well, the, the over popularity of streaming services and, you know, new movies coming out on things like Netflix and Amazon Prime rather than in theaters. Yep. And theaters being so expensive, so it's less accessible now. Yeah. I get that. But even when a movie comes out on a streaming service, there's still an experience to be had. Regardless of how you choose to treat that experience with your physical surroundings, yep. it's still an experience. Agreed. And that's been lost. Um, but I don't... I don't really know if there's a solution to that. Um, I mean, I, I know that... Oh, yeah, we lost one light. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know that uh, the solution to the spoiler culture is going to have to come from the studios yeah. because they're the only ones that have control over that. Yep. Uh, the only way that we can get past spoiler culture is if studios are willing to uh, stand up to fans and say, look, we know you want this information. We know you like this movie. We know you care about this franchise. So we know that you want this information now, but we're not gonna give it to you. Sorry, we, we care about you. We want you to continue to support our films, but we're drawing the line in the sand and we're no longer going to give you everything you want the minute you want it. Yep. And we're going to force you to go back to a time when you could enjoy movies because you weren't so oversaturated by information. The only other way would be us learning patience and that ain't gonna happen anytime soon. Yeah. Well, but. there is one, one final solution that could be done 
in spite of the studios. And that would be? And this is actually my personal preference, and I think a lot of nerds' preferences out there uh, that like more niche properties. Okay. So, comic book movies used to be, hey, Kyla, finally, somebody's on. <laughs> uh, so, comic book movies used to be a niche genre, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the problem with it originally was that it was treated like a niche genre. So, it took a long time for it to be able to grow in popularity. Sure. <clears throat> if we wanted to embrace this 24-hour news cycle for entertainment news and put it to the advantage of nerdy franchises, the way to do that is instead of every entertainment site out there focusing on the popular franchises exclusively, only your Marvels, only your DCs, only the comic book stuff. Make them diversify what they cover. So rather than putting out five pieces a day for the last week about Spider-Man only, yeah. have them talk about the fact that, hey, we have the new release of the Dragon Ball Super Broly movie. Mm -hmm. Hey, we have uh, Hellboy coming out. Let's talk about that, and let's talk about the comics that uh, inspired it. Hey, uh, we have—you uh, have these animes that are gaining in popularity. Let let's talk about uh, let's talk about Goblin Slayer. Let's yeah. talk about this. Let's talk about that. Um, let's let's talk about other nerdy things that aren't just like the three or five big things today and diversify our coverage so that we can speed up the popularity of other nerdy things so that all nerddoms can be treated as part of pop culture rather than just the Marvels and the DCs and the uh, Star Warses uh, and let other things come into public consciousness too rather than let them just slide into obscurity without even a fight. Because that comes down not just to the marketing of the studios that make them, but the outlets that cover them. And if popular outlets could cover non-currently popular things, that could change how we view all of these franchises. It could change even how we uh, view the comic book movies that we love today and make us more willing to accept less information because we have more information about a lot more things all at once. Yeah. So we don't need just Spider-Man. We can get Spider-Man, but then we also have 10 other articles about literally 10 other things that we are now interested in as well. Okay. That would be my personal solution that would help bring nerdy uh, nerd culture into pop culture more completely. But because of so the wind is a little excessive right now. So if you've been yeah. hearing stuff in the background, that's just the wind. Parts of Brad's house falling off the wind. Yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, uh, if if we could do that, if we could fix that, it would, I think it would fix uh, the way that fans view nerd culture overall and could really make a difference for a lot of people because Personally, it would take nerds that feel disenfranchised because the things they love are never talked about and make them feel accepted. And 
as a culture, as an industry, it would make it okay and widely acceptable to not have to be oversaturated with news. Gotcha. Yeah, I can see that. But like I said, I doubt that's ever going to happen because social media algorithms are not friendly to that type of stuff. But if it could be, if they could find a way to make it popular, even in spite of the algorithms, it, I would love to see that. So anyway, yeah. So we, that's your solution. That's my solution. Let's see who wins or will we all just lose because the studios like to screw us. Probably. No, no. We'll see. Yeah. But yeah. But uh, we shall see. until next time, uh, we'll see if these morning streams can catch on to popularity. Um, hopefully they will. And we'll just go from there. Sounds good to me. Yep. So until next time, this is Brad and Mike from Dallas Geek saying see ya.